Hello? Hey, uh, hey man, it's, uh, it's the reporter. Nah, man, I don't do that no more. I, uh, I thought I, I thought I was a reporter, but I'm, I'm not. I don't do that no more. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, this is not the reporter. That somebody told me that that this number was looking for me. Wait, who is this? Oh man, it's uh, Gigi. Wait, Gigi. Is this Zane messing with me? No, man, it's uh, it's Gigi. Look, if this isn't a good time. Oh no, I... no, 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 no! Wait, Gigi, Gigi Gomez? No, wait, no. Just let me let me get my notes together. All right, man. I got. Uh, give me a second. Ugh. Wait. So I guess you got my voicemail message, huh? No, I didn't get no voicemail. You didn't get my voice. Then how did you get my number? The um, snake guy, he told me, told me to give you a call. Snake guy? Yeah, the snake guy. Uh, wait, Tweezer? Yeah, man, I think that's his name. I don't know. I don't remember too much. Oh, nice. Thanks, Tweezer. So, wait a minute. Do you? What about Slickwater? Are you two really friends? Slickwater? That's like a drink or something? No, man. He's a... Uh... The the suit salesman, slick water drip. He said that you were friends. Nah, man, I don't. I, I wouldn't say we're friends. I don't know. I I only got like two friends, man. Well, well, that's kind of sad. But I'm glad you called me. Uh, wait. Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's do this interview. Um, okay. Let's get started. Uh, uh, can you uh, say your full name and occupation? Yeah, man, I'm uh, Gigi Gomez, and my uh, occupation is like uh, self-employed. Oh, cool. Uh, but you were for a long time. You were a fan, a unbelievable professional wrestler. Can I just say this is like, this is like it means so much to me that I get to talk to you. Nah, it's cool, man. I mean, it, it's nice to meet a fan, and you know, like remember those days of my life, you know. Yeah, but like, you don't understand. Like, I really, really love the gobbledygooker. I think you're my dad. What? Actually, no, forget I said that. I know for a fact that's not true. I grew up with my father. He lives in Delaware. Just ignore that. Why? Like, why would you say something like that? I don't know. I don't know what to say. Let me just, let's let's start over, okay? Let me just... Let me ask you, I'll just ask you some questions you can, you can answer honestly. Does that sound good? Yeah, no, that sounds good. Just like, you know, don't be so weird if you can't help it, you All know. Right. I mean, I'll try, man. Um, so uh, you're from uh, Tijuana, Mexico, right? Uh, and then your family moved to San Diego when you were a kid? Yeah, that's like the long and short of it. And you come from like a legendary wrestling family right like how many members uh, uh are there how many members of the gomez family became wrestlers well like officially there's uh, about 34 of us all together oh wow yeah um and when did you get started 
I got started, you know, really young, man. I started wrestling when I was like seven. I was in the ring, you know, that's where we, we didn't have like a playground. Uh, we had like a, a wrestling ring. That's where we all, we all spent our time and stuff. And out of the 30, well, how many, I say 34? Yeah, you said 34. I don't know, man. There's like 30, 33 of us are wrestlers. That's amazing. And like, do you remember your first wrestling match? Oh, oh man, hold on. My first wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was nine years old and I was main eventing against El Elote Loco, which, uh, you know, you know what Elote is? Elote is like, uh, it's like a Mexican corn covered with like mayonnaise and a little bit of um, uh, cotija cheese. Oh, that sounds delicious. Kind of stuff you put on. It is delicious, I man. You, you, you haven't had that. You haven't really lived yet. But that's besides the point. My first match was against El Elote Loco. And it was uh, one of my brothers. He was covered in mayonnaise. And he was running around the ring and he was just screaming like un loco, very crazy, you know, man. So yeah, I got yeah. I think that's I, how the, I believe that's how the Gracies they trained as well. They cover they they covered themselves in uh in mayonnaise and other dairy based sauces and dressing. Well, we didn't do it all the time. It was just against El Elote Loco, and then you know there were so many flies afterwards. Man, we never did that shit again. But um, I was all hyped up, and I had submissions, and I had all sorts of things I was ready to use, but he was slipping away every time I tried, slipping away. And then I got the win based on a count out. And you know, back then, the count out was like 130. Right, because the matches would go on for hours. Yeah, man. So you know, really had like a real count out. And I made a little local lose by count out in my very first match. That's right. That's the famous Tijuana death match that your family invented. Yeah, we only had one rope all the way around the ring because, you know, you're not you're not a real dancer, a real wrestler if you need like three ropes. So we only had one rope, you know. Absolutely, Mr. Gomez. Um, and, and what hey, please, you- please just call me Gigi, okay? I'm in between. I'm about to start my next gig in a minute. And I don't want to be all big-headed going in there, Mr. Gomez, or this and that, you know? Oh, what is your... Are you still Are you still wrestling? Uh, well, it's, sometimes it can be a little bit of wrestling. Um, but no, no. I Officially, I haven't laced up the boots in a long time. And and uh, tell me about when you first got started, were you... What, what were you thinking? Were you into wrestling? I mean, obviously, you pursued it. But like when you were young, uh, when you were seven, when you were eight, when you were nine, what were you thinking? I mean, let me be honest with you, man. Like it was like breathing, man. You know, it's natural. You do it. You have to, to breathe. You have to breathe to survive. You know, like a fish doesn't think about swimming. He just swims. And then if he's a good swimmer, you know, he will survive the next predator or he'll catch the food he wants to eat. So that's what it was like. And it was like I was a fish in water. Well, you were, it looked like you were a fish in water when you were in the wrestling ring. And especially when you were in that uh, gobbledygooker. 
um, suit. Um, hey, man. Yeah? Is this all going to be about the gobbledygooker? Uh, well, I mean, I guess most of it. That was kind of the point of all of this. Oh, okay. Look, that's fine, man. Look, just know that I got, like, weird feelings about the gobbledygooker. Okay? What do you mean, weird feelings? Like, it's a, it's a tough chapter in my life to talk about us. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like difficult, you know? Well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't all bad, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I, I want to talk about the gobbledygooker and, and who, who, who first pitched you that idea? And what, what did you think when you first heard it? Uh, my understanding, uh, the story is that it was something of a mascot for, you know, little kids. Yeah, that's what it became, man. But the original idea was all my own, man. It was going to be crazy. It was going to be my live birth in front of America. You know, I was going to show everybody what it was going to be. And it was, it was bastardized and I became an egg. And I want to ask you about that egg. It's right. The incubation period for a turkey egg is twice as long as that for one of a chicken egg. What is the incubation period of a gobbledygooker? Well, inside the egg, it was a long time, and it was way too long. I had to be inside of that egg every single house show we did. Every single time we were on pay-per-view, I was in the back inside the egg. Man, Vince McMahon, he's a son of a bitch. I'm going to go ahead and say that, okay? You edit it out if you need to, but Vince McMahon, man, he screwed me over. He always made me sit in that fucking egg. It took me like three months. Well, I'm sure that, you know, taught you about patience. No, man, you know what it taught me about? It taught me about yoga because I had to freaking get myself all set up inside of that egg and i learned some yoga poses i learned some um uh, what is uh the guy he named is uh, the fat one with the zen yeah i learned about him and stuff man but um <laughs> you know i get a little upset because it changed up you know but some of my best memories in the wwf inside of that egg man oh well i mean we we all enjoyed what happened outside the egg yeah man that's the difficult part okay because right after that it was like a firework shooting through the night sky and then the crack happened on the egg and everybody was excited about what it could be and then the gobbledygooker popped his little head out. That's me. I popped my little head out. And the entire arena starts booing already. They hated me before they knew me, you know? Yeah, that, uh, I mean, uh, they, they could have been booing something else, but that's the night I want to talk about. I, I want to talk about Survivor Series in 1990. Um, your, your debut as the uh, gobbledygooker, November 22nd at the Hartford Civic Center, um, now called the XL Center, uh, which I believe is a big and tall clothing store, which makes sense because 
you really were a, a big personality. And this was a big show because of the Goblet Cooker. And the car was mostly made up of Survivor Series style matches. Um, but a lot of people, well, not me, I, you know, I remember it because of you, but a lot of people would remember this show because of the also, it was also the debut of The Undertaker uh, on WWF TV. Do you remember meeting uh, Mark Calloway at all during this time? Did you know him? Yeah, of course I knew The Undertaker, man. He was a real cool guy, you know, real cool guy. I would, um, every time before I got propped up inside the egg for the show, we would sit outside and we would smoke hashish together, you know? Oh. Like originally, the reason why his eyes were rolling in the back of his head while he was out there was because, man, that was some good hashish I gave him, man. We was real high, man. We was, we was, he should not have been wrestling. Well, that was yeah. in my coronation night and it went to the Undertaker, you know, man? He did have a, an impressive uh, display that night in the Survivor Series. But you're Can saying... Can I tell that, you something? Yes, please. Anything. You know, the gobbledygooker was actually supposed to be... This was my original plan for him, right? It was supposed to be like a live birth. Like an actual... Instead of like an egg cracking open, it yeah. was supposed yeah. to be like a live birth of like a... a kind of like an elephant character, you know, coming outside of an elephant, uh, like a mama elephant, he drops down and all of a sudden it's El Guker. You know, that was the original idea was El Guker. El Guker, he comes El out of the elephant. Yeah, he's all covered in gook and shit, man. And he goes out and he gets into the ring, you know, like all covered in like, a, a, you know, like slime and shit, man. Cause I got good at that stuff after wrestling El Elote Loco for so many years. Yes, he and got used to the slime. Yeah, just getting all slimy. And so a live birth outside of an elephant's vagina. And I fall down. Boom. And I got like big old, or I already have like big old elephant tusk feet. So it was like perfect, man. And then fucking Vincent Kennedy. Me, man, man, he screws me over, man. Oh, my God, man. He screwed, put me inside of a shell. A big old eggshell. And that's when he and he changed it to the gobbledygooker, which is like, what even is that, man? The gobbledygooker? Come on. Well, I that gooker. Well, uh, I do like El, El Gooker. It, it's kind of like El Santo, uh, Mil Mascaris, El Gooker. I feel like that really does fit in. It, it could have been big. Would you have been like as big of a fan of El Gooker, maybe? Or do you like like turkeys and shit? Well, that's a very interesting question because uh, my understanding is that uh, this actually came up on a recent episode. I uh, I had called the gobbledygooker uh, a chicken on the show, um, even though many think it's a turkey. And what I my understanding biologically, uh, what is biologically significant, is that a gobbledygooker is actually closer in DNA to a chicken uh, than a turkey. And, and hey man, let me ask you a question really like, who cares? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, I care. Chicken, you said turkey, like you're going to eat it, right? Nobody cares about it. You never eat an elephant though, you know? 
Yeah, I, I guess El. Uh, yeah, I guess El Gukur the elephant. That that works. Yeah, man. But look, I don't know, man. Maybe it is like a chicken kind of thing, but it was around Thanksgiving, and I don't know, man. Do do turkeys do turkeys lay eggs? Uh, I believe they lay lay eggs. Uh, I mean, if it was on WWF TV, then there's probably truth to it. I don't think that. I think that they run a pretty tight ship when it comes to those kind of things, logic wise. Oh, is that what you think about they, the logic? What about the uh, Brutus, the beefcake? Uh, you think that he was an actual hair cutter? Uh, yes, for large people. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he, that that one was a bad example. Okay, do, do you think that Mark Calloway actually buried people? No, he didn't. He incinerated them and he helped them fit into urns and ashes and shit, you know? Well, look, I, 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 it meant something to me, okay? The gobbledygook, all right? I, I, it means a lot to me. You know what? I didn't have a lot of parental supervision when I was little, okay? And when I saw the gobbledygooker pop, pop out of that egg, it just made my day. It really did. It meant everything to me because it just looked like you were having so much fun out there. I'm going to be honest, man. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry for being so rude. and It just brings up a lot of feelings. That night, I, I had a wonderful time. Even though I was getting booed at first, man, I danced around like a turkey, just gobbledygook, you know, and like, uh, it was amazing, you know? You promise? Yeah, man, I, I don't want to diminish it for you, okay? Okay. Well, let's talk about Mean Gene Okerlund. Can I ask you a question about Mean Gene? Of course, man. Was he nice? Oh, no, nah, man. Mean Gene was so mean, man. And he, he was mean in the kind of way that makes you feel, like, vulnerable, you know, like, insecure and shit. Would he say things to you? Yeah, man. He was. He would say all kinds of things, man. He was, like, really bad. He was, like, he would fat shame people. Um, oh, yeah, he was like a little bit racist, but like not in the overt oh. kind of way. Oh, I see. Like, he always asked me if I had any extra tacos, you know, and it was like I always had tacos. But like, damn, man, why are you asking me like that, man? That's like rough, you know. Maybe uh, someone told him that you had tacos. Yeah, but he was like always asking, you know, even when it wasn't appropriate, you know, like. Like I would be inside of inside of the egg backstage, you know, ready to go at like a house show in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh Mean Gene would come and he would like knock on the egg and it'd be like me Mira and he, he knew how to say Mira because that's like look, you know, in Spanish. And then like he would just be like, You got any tacos? And you know, I, I tell him, no, man, I eat all my tacos. No, I don't have no more. And then he'd be like, that sounds about right, you fat fuck. You know, oh, but really, he'd say it like a sports announcer, like uh, Mean Gene was, you know. This doesn't sound like the Mean Gene that I know. Did, when we did an episode. Uh, I spoke to Byron Feldstein, who worked in the cafeteria at Titan Tower, and he told me that Mean Gene was... Uh, he was a benevolent soup eater. He loved eating soup. Did you ever eat soup with Mean Gene? 
Oakland? Oh, man. No, I never did. I got to tell you, brother. No, I didn't. But let me ask you a question. You said his name was Byron Feldstein? Yes, he worked in the cafeteria. Yeah, he doesn't sound like maybe he uh, he's Mexican, too, like me. He sounds to me like maybe he's Jewish. I and, think he was uh, maybe, Jewish. Maybe, yeah, well, then, you know, maybe me and Gene wasn't racist against, you know, like nobody but Mexicans. Let's talk more about that night here. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to throw in Mean Gene also called you uh, a rooster. So that's one point for the chickens. Yeah, man, I don't know. There was the red rooster already, though, you know, like that was an idea. So maybe he was just like confused. Did you and the red rooster get along? Yeah, man, we were cool. We both, uh, we had our own like kind of um like in the locker room area, we had our own like setups there, and like I, I had like a, I had like a bunch of hay and stuff in my locker, and he had a bunch of hay, and you know it was cool. We would eat out of the same like feed and stuff. So yeah, it was cool. You know he's a good guy. You pop out of the thing, and uh, you say the people start booing you. You start getting questioned by uh, Mean Gene, and it sounds like. You're speaking a, a native language, maybe something proprietary to the gobbledygooker genus. Yeah, man. I developed like this whole thing. Have you ever seen um, that movie Avatar? Yeah, man. So they had their own language that they developed and they used kind of like my own idea there. I created my own gobbledygooker language. Did you? Did they actually take that language from you? Because they sound mighty similar. Yeah, man, it was close. I, you know, I didn't ever say nothing about it to uh, James Cameron or nobody, but like, it was pretty close, man. They they took my idea on that, and it wasn't like just gibberish neither. It was, it is the Gooker. The language is called the Gooker, you know. Wow. Yeah, there's like a whole book I have, I wrote on it. Yeah, nobody wants to publish it, but I'm thinking about self-publishing. If I can figure out how to get onto the Amazons. I'll publish it. What? Oh, wait. Yeah, I don't have any of the experience or resources to do that. I don't know why I said that. You know how to work, like, the internets and stuff, right? Yeah. This show's on the internet right now. What? Right now? Can I shout out, like, people? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, I just, this is like, uh, Fifi, Fifi, I love you, baby. Just like, give me a call back. Oh, oh Fifi. Uh, uh, Eduardo, <laughs> Chico, you got to watch out, man. They're coming for you. <laughs> hey, Eduardo. And that's it, really. I only have like two friends. You say you had two friends, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wait, so you know the internet and stuff then, right? Uh, yeah, I do. Do you not use the internet? No, man. I, like I've been thinking about starting a podcast. Oh, really? You know, I know they're very popular. Maybe, maybe I could host it. Well, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know what the right way to do it is, but like. My grandson, he told me about Conan needs a friend, and he played it for me. And I was like, but wait a second, Gigi needs a friend. So, like, why don't we do 
Why do we make that podcast, you and me? That sounds amazing because you have two friends. Yeah, so I need more friends, you know, because that's like real, man. I only have two friends, you know, but like I could use another. There's a story about how you had not really, even though you were in the egg for all those weeks, you didn't really practice um, this hard for the Survivor Series hatching. Is that is that right? You didn't really practice much? I mean, what was I supposed to practice, though, you know? That's, like, the real question. Like, people who tell me, like, I didn't practice enough. Like, what? Okay, well, you tell me how to practice hatching out of an egg. That's a fair point. But when you actually did it, uh, you said that the spotlight was too much for you and you couldn't see anything. What was that like? You were blinded by the spotlight? Yeah, man. <clears throat> like, let me ask you, like, imagine being born, but like being fully conscious, right? Like you, you were born and you come out and you're a little baby and then you look around and you can't see nothing. Right, but you hear the echoes of booze all around you, man. It was like that. Like imagine being a baby, but like a fully conscious you that you are right now. And yeah. Then, yeah. then you look around and you can't see nothing because <clears throat> it's way too bright, you know. It's like somebody didn't do the lights right, you know, they would like the voltages all the way up and shit. And then all you hear is the deafening sound. Of boo. Wow. Yeah, man, that's what it was like, man. I was like, I was born at that moment and I wanted to die at that moment. Oh, but you pulled off everything perfectly, the entire routine. That's because the show must go on, man. I wouldn't be Gigi Gomez if I didn't pull it off, you know? <laughs> and what was the reaction when you got to the back? I understand it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the nicest reaction. Look, man, the only person who was nice to me was the Red Rooster, man. We just like we did the we did our little like bird walks and bird dances. I mean, there was feathers everywhere, you know. Yeah. And that night we definitely went to the hen house. You know what I mean? But everybody else no. was like, oh, no, I don't know. Oh, the hen house, uh, that was like, I was making a parallel between like being a bird and then like be like the female birds. But the hen house in this specific example, that, that's like a, that's like a whorehouse, you know, like a, a sex workers and shit. Oh, okay. The gobbly cooker, the gobbly cooker went to a brothel. Oh, yeah, man, we went to a brothel or two, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, there was feathers everywhere. And a lot of like back marks. Oh, so, so what? What about the Coco Beware? That's did you ever? Uh, did, did you ever spend time with Coco Beware and Frankie? That was another bird. I mean, me and Frankie were cool, man. But he like, you know, he he was like a real bird, you know. So it's like different when you're like a real, and then you got like somebody like a big pretender like me, and you know, I was not a real bird. Oh. Well, you felt like a real bird to uh, me. Okay, man. That's cool. Whatever. I don't know. I didn't want to be. I wanted to. I'm an elephant, man. I'm an elephant on the inside. I felt foolish. What's the deal with you and the elephants? 
Elephants are like the smartest animals ever, man. They like, they don't got a lot of options because they're like, you know, they got big old tusks in their face. And then like, they're like, you know, they're like feet or like big old, are feet called tusks for elephants? I don't know, man, but they, they don't have like opposable thumbs or none of that stuff, man. But have you ever seen an elephant's dick? Uh, not up close. But you don't have to see it up close, man. You can be like Google Maps, like far away, you know, and you can still see an elephant's dick. Uh, no, no, I've never seen one. Do, on do me a favor. Are you by a computer right now? Uh, yes, this is all being recorded on a computer. Okay, man, would look, just Google like elephant dicks. Sometimes I do that when I'm in the library. And, uh, oh, I mean, they let you Google elephant dicks in the library. I mean, you know, it's not it's illegal. Better, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. You know what I mean? All right. So let's just move on from this. Um, so you're the goblet cooker and you really didn't really didn't come off how you thought it would. Uh, uh, you actually did continue after the Survivor Series for uh, about a month or so uh, going on the road, uh, cutting promos with the Bushwhackers and, um, you did a few house shows and things like that. And uh, what was that that run like uh, that month uh, after the Survivor Series? Uh, and the Bushwhackers, they were like my brothers, man. They're from all the way like in Australia and stuff. But yeah, they yeah. learned the complete cougar language, you know. Oh, they wow. learned it all. They were like one of the few people who like really got it, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it was amazing. It was like being a part of a family, you know which is crazy because I'm already from one of the biggest wrestling families in all of the world. But that was like the first time I felt like I was a part of the family. And after about a month, you were never used again. And the gobbledygooker was never used again. What happened? What, what was the disconnect with you and the WWF? Man, you would really have to ask like Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon, or maybe even JR. Like, I don't know, man. I was giving him my all. I had like my whole my whole language was already set up for people to learn. And then the push just ended, you know. They wanted me to, to do something else with it, I guess, or the I didn't get it over with the crowd. And, and so it was done, man. And then my star, my star was falling, 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 man. You didn't really do the gobbledygooker ever again? Did you Did you wrestle after that? Because I don't really have a lot of, I don't really have a lot of uh, uh, research on you ever wrestling after that. Yeah, man, I wrestled for a long time after that. But I wrestled as El Gooker. But it turns out like the only people who will pay for uh, to promote that and to like have that in the ring is like pornographic people, you know, because El Gukar was, you know, I didn't mention it before, but El Gukar is, you know, he's an elephant being born. So he doesn't have no clothes on or nothing, you know. Right. Oh, so, you know, it's me and my, my very large elephant-ish size penis oh, and like, I'm all covered up in a bunch of gook and shit and like wrestling and man I had a, a good few years I had a good run of that man it was amazing 
ahead. Um, <clears throat> they definitely uh, were. I'll just leave it at that, man. It was good. I see. Well, what do you, when you look back on that, what do you, what do you miss most about the gobbledygooker? I mean, the gobbledygooker, you know, like, I don't miss it, man. I don't, I mean, sometimes, I got to be honest with you, man. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm wearing the gobbledygooker costume. Oh. And I'm, I can see myself in the mirror and I'm talking to myself in the gobbledygooker language. You know, the gooker language, man. And I'm there and I'm having a full-throated conversation, you know. Uh, and it's just like chases me down, man. The gooker chases me. And you know the crazy shit, my friend? Hey, what's your name, by the way? I don't even know. I just know you're the reporter. Roscoe. That's your, like, first name? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Roscoe. Okay, Roscoe. Look, man, Roscoe, I don't even have... The gobbledygooker costume anymore, you know what I mean, man? But sometimes I wake up at midnight or after midnight and I'm like, there, I'm wearing the full costume. Oh, have you ever talked to anybody about that? That doesn't seem right. No, man, would you tell anybody about that? I don't even know why I'm telling you about it, you know? I just feel really like, you know, we're having like an intimate conversation with the internet too, you know, whatever that means. It sounds like you don't have that great a relationship with the gobbledygooker. No, I mean, he's like my Dr. Jekyll to my Mr. Hyde. I don't know the reference really, to be honest, but like, he's like my other bad half, you know? Huh. Well, I know that the WWF, WWE, they've brought the gobbledygooker back, you know, several times, you know, like for the, the gimmick battle royal and like they'd have other wrestlers show up as a surprise, dressed as the gobbledygooker. Have you ever been approached about being the gobbledygooker and would you do it if you were? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know if I would do it, but they never approached me about it before. They just let somebody else wear that costume. Hopefully, the gooker shows up in their nightmares, too. You know, this is all very interesting, but uh, I just, I I feel like I need to tell you that uh, I don't think you should be disparaging the name of the gobbledygooker like this. He was very important in the history of wrestling. And I know that there is like, I know the, the wrestling observer called you the worst gimmick and you have this like worst gimmick award named after you. And I, I just, I don't like it. I don't think, I think that you are a supreme talent and I think that people need to give you more respect and they, they don't understand the sacrifice it took to be the gobbledygooker. And to me, you'll always be the gobbledygooker. You know, all of that was like really nice until the very end, man. When you said that I'll always be the gobbledygooker, like that's that's don't put that don't put that curse on me, man. I'm I'm El Gooker, okay? Somebody else, somebody else, maybe. You know who? You know who is Vince McMahon, okay? You know the last time I saw Vince McMahon was actually it was a bad joke. It was a real bad joke, man. He hired 
he hired me on my contracting service as El Gukar. I don't know how he found me, man, but it was like, <clears throat> I want to say it was like WrestleMania 27, something like that. They were in Orlando, Florida. I was working down there at the time, and this, by this point in my career, you know, I was like full-on sex worker, you know, like it was like not even... Mm -hmm not even wrestling as El Gukar anymore. I was just like using my very large penis, you know, you know, for the, like, you know, the people who, who wanted it, you know? And, uh, and uh, so I got hired on, you know, I had to work the, uh, the circuit. So I was like down there for WrestleMania in Orlando. The one, one WrestleMania where John Cena lost the title to, uh, the Rock. Yep. Yeah, so I was there. And after that night, after WrestleMania happened that night, I was in the hotel room. We were at a real fancy Marriott there in Orlando, Florida. And I had no idea what was in store for me, man. I got all gooked up in the bathroom. Somebody let me in there into this big, beautiful room. And then I open the doors up and I see on the other side of the door. Now, inside the room is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, man. And he made me dance around as the hooker. He made me do all sorts of things with my elephant-sized penis. And I had to, like, put it into... I don't even want to tell you, man. All kinds of watermelons, cantaloupes. And then he made me eat them. And then I had to poop in front of him, you know. So that's like about it, you know. That's like the that's the truth of it, you know. That's the last time I saw Vince. Oh, well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Like uh, it was a big poop, man. It was. I, I was there for hours, and he made me eat like 17 melons, you know, watermelon, honeydew, cantaloupe. Like even, you know, like large, there was like grapefruits there too because they're like the shape of a, a melon almost, but they're smaller and juicier, you know. So is it safe to say that you you hate the gobbledygooker? Yeah, man, no, I, I hate everything the gobbledygooker represents, which is Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's crazy, man. It's hard for me to like, think of anything but him when I think of the gobbledygooker. So what are you doing now? What gig is this? Well, <clears throat> I was supposed to be there like 15 minutes ago, but that's okay. I'm still in my oh, sorry. and I'm ready to go. No, 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 it's fine. I got a um, working. It's like a, a payaso for hire, you know? Uh, you know a like what? A, like a party clown, you know, like a party oh, clown. I'm like a Spanish. Um, I don't, hey man, don't don't be disparaging, man. This is uh, it's like a good gig, man. I get paid enough. I get to have fun, and I never know. I'm always the life of the party. You know what I mean? I show up, and I will. I'll even. I, get, I actually get to put the Google language to use. You know which is like a lot of fun because I go in there and I do, yeah, I'm Gigi El Payaso, you know, Gigi the Clown, man. Gigi, you know, oh. me and shit. Well, that's, 
That's great. Um, I, I hope you get a lot of work off this interview. Um, I guess I guess that's all the questions I have. Uh, you want to talk about that podcast? Yeah, man. I was talking about it, but like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe we should talk about it some more. Wow. Man, like another date. Oh, uh, what's what's the problem? I mean, it was so hard to get you. Maybe I was just hoping we could just kind of talk about it now. I don't know, man. You seem like a little weird for me, you know. But I don't know, maybe because like Gigi needs a friend, man. Gigi necesita un amigo, you know. I I don't know, man. Maybe like I'll I'll talk to like another like real podcast or host, you know, like Conrad Thompson. You know, he's popular or something, right? Really with Jr. and like that. Does he do the eighty three weeks podcast too? Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah, man. Plus, you know, Blue Chew, brother. Like, I got a lot of Blue Chew. That shit's fun, man. Well, that's it. That was my conversation with Gigi Gomez. That was the culmination of a lifetime's goal. And you know what? That was kind of rough. I mean, for real. That was like, that was a real fucking disaster. Don't ever meet your heroes. I don't even know if it was worth it, man. There was a lot going on there. Kind of makes me glad that I didn't give him my real name. Well, at this point, I would say that's the show for tonight and the, the music would start playing and then I would fade out. But then something happened. In the spirit of full disclosure, I was so geeked off the 99 bananas that I don't even remember having this conversation with Gigi. When I went over the tape again, I heard something very interesting. Uh, did you, were you a friend? Were you friends with Macho Man Randy Savage? Were you aware that Jack Tunney and and Randy Savage had a uh, a rivalry? Yeah, man. Sometimes I would hear some stuff like that from from my buddy, man. Macho Man was he was a good guy. You know what I mean? He was like a real good guy. And and Jack Tunney had it out for him. Yeah, Jack Tunney. Well, you know, because Jack Tunney really wanted to be with Mrs. Elizabeth, you know. He really, like, man, he would, oof. You ever seen, like, a dog, like, with the mouth of salivate when he sees a bone, you know, like, drip out of the corners of his mouth? That was Jack Tunney when he saw Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, man, you got it. You, nailed, you hit the nail on the head, man. That was Jack Tunney when he saw Miss Elizabeth, man. He would, oh, boy, it looked like he had a good... <laughs> It looked like he had a glandular problem, you know what I mean? Then I got this email, which I'm going to read to you. Dear Mr. Inside the Promo Host, I am a big fan of your show. You make me look at professional wrestling from a whole new perspective, which is difficult because I kind of grew up in the business. I have become I have become particularly interested in the hashtag investigate Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney was the president of the World Wrestling Federation 
and a longtime Canadian wrestling promoter. He was also my father. The Tunnies were a powerful and well-respected family in the Canadian wrestling world, running the Maple Leaf Territory out of Ontario, Canada. My father was no less powerful and respected than the others that shared his last name. That was before the WWF changed him. He also had a nasty side. As you reported, his diet consisted mainly of lukewarm salt water. The whole family thought it was weird, like some kind of space alien or farm creature. That saltiness dissolved into other parts of his life. My father rose to the top of the WWF, sharing Vince McMahon's pension for wanting to be the only one. By the time Vince took over Ontario, my father had pushed out my great cousin Eddie out of the family business entirely. The family took that hard. Also, his hatred for the macho man Randy Savage was well known around the Tunney house. He would often sit up until the wee hours of the morning, drinking salt water and babbling about Savage. Too hot to handle this, too cold to hold that. He would also talk about Miss Elizabeth, the wife and valet of the Macho Man. My mother knew that my father was in love with Miss Elizabeth. He would cut out photos of her from the wrestling magazines and hang them up on the refrigerator. My father would keep taking, my mother would keep taking them down, but my father would just pin them back up. After a while, my mother gave up and Fridge Liz became part of the family. When that snake bit Macho Man, I think we all knew that my father was behind it. We just couldn't prove it, but we knew it in our hearts. Thank you for your in-depth reporting on this subject. It has filled in some of the gaps about my father and the obsessions that drove him mad. Truth cannot live in the dark. And even if we do not find justice for the macho man, I want you to know that your work is imp- that your work is important. What you do matters. So don't ever give up. Warmest regards, Jacqueline Jack Jr. Tunney. And that's the season of Inside the Promo. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. This has been a very personal journey for me. And I hope it meant something to you too. Keep a lookout for my book in 2021. And make sure to subscribe and follow Inside the Promo so you get updated when season two kicks off next year. Thank you for all of your support. Good night.
Hey yo, I hope I hope this ain't whack. That's some shit the rapper should never say. Yeah, I hope this ain't whack. Yeah, it's just a day in the life With the Mara Mango City, you can see what it's like It's like, yeah, it's just a day in the life With the Mara Mango City, you can see what it's like It's like, yeah, it's just a day in the life With the Mara Mango City, you can see what it's like It's like, yeah, it's just a day in the life I'm the Mara Mango City, you can see that I'm nice It's like, yeah FVV VV I love you baby just like give me a call back <laughs>